Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Guys, I am so excited for today's episode about Marilyn Monroe. You guys chose this one to be my next episode. Uh, But first, we shall discuss a few things before we get started. Our top patrons for this week are as follows, guys. Lisa Turner, Jenna Fourstar, Micah Washer, and Joshua Talley. Now, speaking of our patron account, we actually hit our first goal, so we are so excited. And with that being said, we chose a winner. Um, Our top patron is Joshua Talley. Congratulations. Now, Josh got to choose one of the next episodes for us, so it'll be airing in a few weeks, which will be Left Eye from TLC. So thank you, Josh. By the way, shout out to Josh. He's an awesome guy. I love him. Uh, I've officially adopted him recently and we've become friends. So I appreciate you, Josh. Thank you, guys. Remember, the patron, a.k.a. the VIP access, is exclusive to the Podbean application. Now, I know a lot of you have been having some technical difficulties when it comes to Podbean. So make sure that you have the up-to-date one or you can actually go on to the technical issues side of things and maybe they'll be able to help you out. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. With this particular VIP access, you'll have access to things like Notorious B.I.G., Summer Wells, and recently Brittany Murphy. And uh, of course, we've had some paranormal activity on this one as well. So I highly recommend it. And there will be many, many more to come. Next week, we will be covering an episode that will be just about Landon and I. Our daughter will not be available to edit the episode, so you'll basically be able to hear all our screw-ups, and it's going to be a fun night. We will be covering Donita Wilkerson as well the following weeks to come. So please make sure to put your comments on the Facebook page or TikTok or Podbean, and we'll take a look at everything you guys say as much as we can and answer your questions whenever. So let's get started. I remember this isn't the first time we have tried to channel Marilyn Monroe. Last time you had talked to her, she didn't want to discuss her personal life or anything in relation to her death. Has she changed her mind? I feel like she is ready to talk about it because there is a lot of inconsistencies and I feel like it's starting to get to her. And then the recent events of Kim Kardashian and even just the reputation she had with all the men she was involved with. She just wants to tell us what's true and what's false. So let's go. She doesn't show any anger often. Like she knows how to put on a show for everyone in her life, including her friends and family. But today I have an angry, fired up Marilyn Monroe. Then let's get started. Let's give the babies of the audience a little overview of who she was so they know a little bit more about her. So she was born June 1st, 1926 and is a Gemini. I heard that she sometimes used psychics. Is that true? She loves psychics. (laughs) When I did her first interview, it was a very fluffy conversation. She clapped her hands in excitement and dressed up for the occasion. She wanted me to give her a reading like she wished I was who I was back then. And she said she and she said she would have totally just loved for me to follow her around while I sit and just kind of reassure her. She said that I'm a good, confident woman and she thinks the two of us have some things in common and she wants to give me advice about fame. She was very warm when I spoke to her for the first time. Today, it's all about business. 
we will save that conversation for later and uh, basically for my own benefit. <laughs> that is wild. I can imagine how much you are freaking out inside since I know that she was an iconic person for you as well. She really is. I never really appreciated her until I hit my 30s. I had decided to watch a few of her movies. I loved her in her movies and personally my favorite was Some Like It Hot. I feel like the reason people were so drawn to her was because she was really before her time and she had the major it factor. So everyone was taken by her and she had a very sweet personality. However, I feel like she played her with her voice a lot. She kept her voice in certain monotones to be more appealing to others as well. She did have a lot of love and a lot of love losses that seemed to affect her. As the years carried on, what can she tell us about her romantic journey? I have a lot to say about this subject, but for now she wants you to know that she found these guys who she felt like she could be her true self with and would be okay with her hectic work life, would also be supportive and be there for her. She worked a lot and her men were not understanding of her career whatsoever and wanted her to be that Susie homemaker type and she wasn't having it. And although she thought that they'd be okay, they really never were. And she did want kids, but she also wanted to work before she was too old and they didn't really enjoy her career or the role she had to take on. They also showed their true colors and she's mad about it. It's the main reason that she had many affairs as she did because she enjoyed being the desired woman. Since all of her marriages and boyfriends, she didn't really feel happy. She would feel trapped. She felt like she basically hated the way she felt and she didn't care that she had so many. She enjoyed the thrill and felt a high off of the affairs. As she carried on, she also enjoyed things in the moment. Sex was what helped her feel good about herself in the moment, but it never filled the void as much as she wanted it to, but it did seem to help a lot. She wanted to be happy and make a family before she got too old, but she started to think it wasn't going to happen right before she died. She was ready for a life with love, but she couldn't get there because a lot of the relationships got very controlling as well, and she ran away from that a lot. She had so much loss and love loss in her life. She felt like no one really cared about her. They only cared about her movies and what she could do for them. I sadly can relate to her feeling like that. I know people love me, but I question it all the damn time. I wonder if anyone would ever notice if this gift wasn't attached to me. I would definitely notice you. And I did notice you. And that is why you were my husband. I didn't actually think that would actually happen. So <laughs> I know there were a lot of rumors surrounding her love life and I have a huge list of names to go through. So can we give details if she would like about each person and perhaps how she feels about the overall experience with them? She's a little nervous, but she says it's important. She laughs about it because she's outing herself a little and a little worried about the list of questions. When she went by the name Norma Jean Baker, she was married to Jim Daughtry, and they lasted for about four years. He claimed in the 70s that if she had not become a model for Merchant Marines, then she would still be married to him and alive in the 70s. Is that true? She laughs about this one. She said that she was a wild one and she didn't fit in the box life that he had given her, although a sweet man but a very boring one. She said that he spent a lot of time enjoying his possessions instead of showing her love. 
and she said that she wouldn't have stuck around one way or another. She felt like a woman who wasn't ready for marriage at this point. He was a terrible lover and small. <laughs> Yikes. Charlie Chaplin Jr. claimed he had an affair with her, but the relationship ended when he found her in bed with his brother. She is disturbed by this one. She has an almost shocked look on her face. She said that flirting with someone does not count as an affair. She was not attracted to him at all. His smile and teeth bothered her at the time. She said that the relationship was just in his head. And she said the part that was true is catching her with his brother. But she said she was with the brother. But then again, she had dated him a few times. And she said that the bedroom situation simply did not happen. She said that she was in a hotel or something along those lines and clothes were on. They did kiss a little bit, but nothing more than that. Since Charlie had made such a fuss over it, she didn't want to make it a big stink anymore was afraid things would get messier for her reputation as well so the brother had also been paranoid that charlie would cry about it later so he held off on the physical and she got frustrated and ended it abruptly and she says that she made a bit of a scene when leaving the situation and she said lucky for her she was not photographed there was a lot of rumors that natasha lightis whom was her drama coach at the time the two of them were inseparable on and off set for almost seven years. She even moved into Natasha's house when she was filming the movie Don't Bother to Knock. Apparently, Natasha became possessive of her and didn't like her hanging out with men, specifically Joe DiMaggio, and she didn't like that. Did they have a romantic or a sexual relationship? She would never have admitted to anything back then. She said she would have taken this to her grave one way or another. However, she loves the LBGTQ community and she said she would fit right in with us and she said she would fit in and feel happy. She would have done pride and pride parades and pride related things. She said yes. She feels bad about the things that happened with her, but she did have a romantic relationship with her. Uh, but she also knows it could never be anything, so she kept things very light and always made sure to tell Natasha she wanted to be with men and wanted a husband and children. She said that Natasha understood, but she didn't like it. She feels bad for putting that bad energy out there about her. She wants us all to know they were able to put their past behind them quickly, and she's doing well, and they are fast friends yet again. How did she feel about Marlon Brando? They seem to have... A really good friendship. She loved him. She said he was funny, but he was not husband material. He was someone who was more about himself and he was super perverted, which she did like about him uh, because he did flirt with her. But she just said something just didn't connect with him. It was a shame because she said she had a really good friendship with him and she was lucky to have him. She said he was a fantastic person and had a wonderful relationship with him. He made her laugh constantly more than anyone else. Now we're going to talk about the Kennedy brothers. I know this one is a little hard to talk about, specifically one of them. Can she give us any details on this? She has a lot to say about this. Believe it or not, she said she had this brother fighting her over thing happen way too many times and how these brothers would duel each other by expressing to her all their wonderful traits and why one is better than the other. And this happened often. It happened with these two even more. As two white men who grew up with diamonds in their mouth consistently, 
they were all about competing against each other. She did love the attention and the attention to lovemaking. She said that the affair between the two of them were both very erotic and sensual. She said that Bobby was more aggressive in this situation. She got really upset when it became an issue between them. Marilyn shows me that she had the skin products and smelt incredible. She was very alluring and walked like a swan on water when she danced and sang. She knew how to play the part and she said she did have feelings for both of them, but she said there were good things about each of them, but she didn't know which was best. She was also getting irritated by Bobby and his anger was getting very possessive. She didn't like the amount of alcohol he consumed and he became rather aggressive and not in the good way. There were rumors that they both had some sort of part in her death. Can she give us any details on that? So she wants to put out there that the two of them both enjoyed her company. They both offered dinner and attention and gifts and everything in between. She said she had a hard time choosing between the two of them because they both didn't stop. She said that they would also get jealous of each other and demand her to be theirs. She didn't like that. She had a great relationship with both of them when they were away from each other. But they both struggled when it came to being around each other. They both would put their hands on the small of her back and rub her. And she said they both did the same thing. And it's like they learned their moves from each other. She said that they weren't doing this because they wanted to be with her. They decided to basically use her as a pawn in their game. She shows me that she was disappointed in these men because they both talked about each other and she had enough. I feel like a week before she died, she had announced to one of the brothers that she was pregnant. I believe it was John. I feel like his energy was calmer and I feel like he was the one who was okay with her sharing that information and understood that she was in a bit of a bind and she was struggling that the baby was Bobby's, although she didn't really think that. She said it to him because she felt like she had a lot more to lose in this and I believe she was also coming to him to tell him about her plan. I feel like she was ending the affair with him and telling him that basically it was the best thing for both of them and he basically agreed. She didn't want any sort of connection with this baby. Now with this very meeting that the two of them had was bad. It was bad because Bobby had someone follow her to see where she had gone and because she was with the brother of course the spy informed him and he was heated. She shows me she wasn't alone that night and she shows me that Bobby had confronted her and she told me that she was not going to be with him. They got in a bit of a heated argument and they got into a screaming match too and every one of her staff members including neighbors around the area would have heard. She shows me she told him that she was pregnant and she was going to tell the world and she was going to ruin his reputation and tell everyone the type of abusive alcoholic man he was. He almost killed her with his bare hands, but he stopped himself. He knew he needed to make it look like an accident. Now, I don't believe he stayed for this, but he left and made sure to get one of his bodyguards, someone he didn't really use normally, to make sure to give her a large amount of medication and make it look like an accident, and to make sure to pay off everyone that was a threat. Every single person within a few mile radius, including people who had seen what had taken place. I even feel like the photos were taken. They had staged her body to make sure it looked much more like she was trying to kill herself. She said she went to her body after she died to see basically what she looked like. 
And she shows me that this was basically what had happened after she had died. It was like she had awakened from a dream. So as we all know, she had died by an apparent overdose in her bed on August 4th, 1962. There is a lot of weird things that happened, including the maid story and inconsistencies in the stories of who was there and who wasn't there. Even a medic stating that she was alive on the way to the hospital. Can she give us any information on what happened that night leading up to her death? She shows me that she went to meet him and him being Bobby and give him good news. And he confronted her right away about the brother and she said she was telling him off. She didn't want him anymore. She said she didn't inform him of the relationship stuff since he was already heated. She said that he had been drinking heavily and she was just trying to make him feel better. He didn't want to hear it. He didn't want anyone to know a damn thing she had to say. She said that she told him about the baby and he freaked out and lost his temper. After they had gotten into their little tuffle, she knew that she needed to get ready for bed. She decided to have a shower and something along those lines. She swears she heard someone in the room, but she was already scared about him. So she knew that like he had just left. So she was just worried that it was like paranoia. She assumed this because she did hear the bodyguard coming into the house, but she pretended like nothing had happened. She shows me she was wearing something sheer and getting her medication that she had for her depression. At least that's what they took back then that would work. At least that's what they, the doctors basically told them. She said that she passed out quick and basically never woke up again. She also said that she was hazy before she closed her eyes and had seen a big white male figure making sure she was out of it. She shows me that he shined a light in her eye and her head was tilted and he left it that way. And that's the last thing she remembers being alive. He did this out of rage or heartbreak or mixed with alcohol? Yeah, she said he was already escalated and that he had already known about the baby because the man had told him, the, the guy that he had sent out to spy on her and the brother, but he gave her a chance to be truthful about it. But in my opinion, I would have been scared too to say anything. She felt like she had to keep things, you know, calm because of his energy. But basically, alcohol, heartbreak, rage, all of the above. I know she was being set up and actually murdered, but at any point was she trying to die? From what I feel, there were so many people out there that were trying to make her feel and seem like she was helpless, like she was a helpless fembot and wasn't strong enough to take care of herself. She did like to play that role out in the audience, but from what she shows me is that she was much smarter than that. She may have been that gentle voice, sweetness to a degree, but it was part of her character. She also had a layer she didn't show the world. Yes, everyone in the media wanted to peg her as mentally unwell and sick. And when in reality, she was just trying to stop dealing with men's bullshit. She wasn't this broken woman. She was a free spirit and knew how to act in public. She said she loved her career for the first 10 years, but she wanted out afterwards. She just couldn't find the perfect person for it, and she felt like she was running out of time. She decided to play very vulnerable roles with men. She loved to play with men. She said that they were easy, and she loved it. It was about time. She said she didn't fall in love with as many people as people think she did, and a lot of those hookups were for Hollywood scandal and to keep her name in the limelight. 
and from what she shows me, she was advised to do this often. She also was a believer in scandal media is good media, and she enjoyed the spotlight, but she did find out that she was pregnant and she wanted to live. Even if it was on her own, she wanted to make this happen. She said she would have told the newspaper that the father had died or something, and she would have just kept it in. So many things happened in this. So many people seen things. Why didn't anyone come forward? They all got paid off pretty well. But on top of that, I don't even think money would have been needed. But I feel like these people were scared to end up like her, so they said nothing. Felt like no one would believe them anyway. They needed to do a clean sweep of the property to make sure they got rid of any evidence. And also, I feel like she sometimes had male suitors come and check on her, so they needed to move quick. Looks like there were about five men involved that all helped cover it up. So everyone headed over, and the maid was tipped off and was told to tell everyone she was found dead. And since she wasn't breathing, I believe there was also like a doctor there to confirm. Perhaps a doctor they use as a reference, like, I guess, for, you know, the president or whatever. But this doctor did not call her time of death or anything like that. She shows me that they made sure nothing was out of sorts. And that once they checked everything else, like looking for a note to make sure she hadn't left anything... They left and told the maid to do what she needed to do. She shows me that even in her death, they didn't care. She was really mad about this after she passed. She shows me that as soon as she died, she came right to her body. She was admiring herself. She felt like she looked pretty even in death, but it wasn't something she wanted anymore. She didn't want to start looking old. She sounds like me about that part, though. So they were just looking out for themselves. They didn't really care about her passing. She said they cared about it and was upset about it, but wanted to make sure it was not connected to them in doing so. It looks suspicious. So in reality, it was a pointless thing, and forever those questions about her death would lay. However, a lot of questions and whispers of people involved did talk, but not in front of the right people, I guess. I don't really blame them. It seems like it was a pretty scary thing. I feel like a few did share about it on their deathbeds, but I feel like it stayed in those families tucked deep inside. I understand why she wants to keep it a secret, to be honest. Why the hell did the medic explain that she had been alive upon arrival? Marilyn explains that he was told to say she was alive and to take it to the grave. From what she shows me, it was very unclear on whose orders it was from, but she said that the medic knew that she was dead. They can't necessarily claim that unless it's a doctor who calls it, so perhaps they didn't want to get in trouble, maybe even make sure that she was absolutely dead, and the medic couldn't confirm if she was dead or not. He wanted to make it more dramatic, too, and not explain any part of it. Tell her that we appreciate her clearing that up, and she has made a mark on the world even 50 to 60 years later, and she is still iconic to everyone from young to elderly for everyone who knows who she is. We have a lot of viewers and fans who sent some questions to ask her, so let's lighten up the mood and talk about those questions. Believe it or not, the top question was about the Kim K dress. How does she feel about that? She is laughing so hard about this one, so let's talk about it. She is very lighthearted at this moment, which is great. So when I brought this up to her, she had heard a lot of the world calling her name. She said that when people asked that question over and over again, she really felt like she needed to look into this. So up until recently, she had no idea who the hell Kim K was. 
she really didn't pay attention to anything connected to her. She paid attention to more serious actresses. And although she doesn't hate on Kim, she didn't quite understand the reason for her wanting to wear the dress. She felt like it was a I'm Kim K and I can do what I want team that put her up to it, of course. Never been done, never been heard of, so they went hard for it. Kim K doesn't really know much about Marilyn, and although she doesn't feel like she was worth royalty when it comes to her clothing, she feels like she would prefer someone, maybe, I don't know, who had some sort of serious acting skills. So all in all, she felt it odd. She said that the dress was also problematic for her too, but she said she wasn't a big fan of it back then. She said she had other dresses that she felt like she would have liked much more to be the more iconic one. How does she feel about her legacy? She was a true Hollywood icon. She knew that she was well-liked for her movies and her style and her hair and her pretty things, but she had no idea how many adored her, including her scandal type of personality back then, as it was unheard of. She had a lot of shame on how the public looked at her life. She hated it, but she reminded herself often that she needed to do what she needed to do. However, she had no idea and feels like royalty on how happy people are and how much people actually love her. Was she pregnant by Bobby or John? She says she had two pregnancies in her life. The first one was connected to, I believe, Joe DiMaggio or something in, in that vicinity. She said she was devastated, of course. She says that she isn't going to share the information of who the father is because she didn't know until after she passed. She says that she's got to take something with her and she wants to keep this one private. Sylvia Brown wrote in one of her books that Marilyn was murdered. Does she have anything to say about her? She loves Sylvia Brown a lot, actually. She said she spoke to her in her younger age, and the two of them had many conversations. Sylvia and I have similar style of how we communicate with spirits, which is why I like her so much. And she said she liked her nails and her motheristic nature, although I don't really look at her that way. Maybe she was more towards her. She loved what she did for a very long time, but that's why she ended up writing books to pass on her knowledge before she died. And that is exactly what I'm trying to do. Marilyn had seen her in the afterlife, I believe, and she said that they drank tea and coffee together. If she lived in today's time, how does she feel about it? She said the world we live in has so many wonderful things, but so many bad things too. She feels like she would have been well-liked. She feels like she would have loved the clothes. She said she thinks her style of acting would have been a little outdated, but perhaps maybe theater. She said that there was a lot of iconic singers she would have loved to meet, including Madonna, Lady Gaga. She would have loved to meet the Lady Di when she was alive. She said she also would have loved to go to drag shows. She would have loved to see her impersonators, especially the men. Last question for her. We will end on a light note. What was the movie she enjoyed making the most? She said she loves Some Like It Hot. It was well before its time. She also felt like she belongs in this era much more than back then. She said she loves all of her fans, and she said she will keep on loving all of her fans. She does plan to come back soon, actually. She said that she's excited of the idea of starting a new life. She said, look out, world. 
She feels fantastic about her life mostly and is happy that she was able to make things happen in an iconic way. That's why she stayed up there so long. She also hangs out with Elvis and James Dean, which Lana knows how much I love James Dean. Absolutely, you do. All right, I know we have been hearing about the shootings all over the place, including what happened in Buffalo and also what happened in Texas as well at the school. I know it hurts and you can feel the pain and suffering and it's hard to deal with. Is there any light you can shed on this situation? It scares me to death to talk about this, but let's just say I'll say what I can. I feel like, sadly, this isn't the end of the shootings. I feel like there is a rebellion that has started. A lot of angry people who started off at basically a small part of people just being angry about this pandemic, and I think things grew. And now there's a group even bigger with psychos, and I feel like there's a plan all over the United States of America. I feel like there will be at least three more tragic shootings this year, and I feel like they will all be located on some sort of encrypted website. I don't know if there will be specific targets or if it's just random, but I feel like it's a support group and I feel like they're all targeting people of color, race, women, basically a white man group. I feel like everyone needs to just be alert at all times. I do feel like nothing is coming to the areas that have already been hit, but there will be new places. So states that haven't been targeted yet, please keep an eye out. I feel Michigan for some reason I don't know the other two places, but maybe the settings. No more schools, lucky for that. But I see a government building, perhaps something connected to disability, maybe even a poverty level location. Something isn't right, but I hope I'm wrong. I feel more lives to be lost, and I hope everyone uses caution. Make sure to do everything you can to keep your eyes peeled. It is God awful. Yes, please be careful, USA. Will this ever come to an end? Thankfully, yes. I feel like January is really important. I don't know if it's this January or next January. Timelines are awful for me. I saw COVID ending in March 2021, but wrong year for Canada. But this I see for January. Thank you so much for all that information today, and I am so glad you filled in the gaps on this one. And thanks to Marilyn and her information. Next week, we will be doing a special Liz and I episode. This one will be unedited, so you guys will hear our hiccups too. We know that some of our fans have been asking for some bloopers. Please keep in mind that the following week, we will be back and covering the Dwanita Wilkerson case on the regular side. Please make sure to keep watching for updates as well as old cases or just what's going on in the media now. Please keep commenting and watching, guys. So much more to come, and the content has become unlimited, and we are going to try to cover it all. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out.